are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and tickle pink, I think would be one way to put it about this 2021 Miami Dolphins draft class. We have some uh, perceptions about the way things went, particularly in the offensive backfield to get into today. But at the end of the day, you're waking up on a Monday, and the Dolphins picked a bunch of really good football players to help move this team forward, and I'm excited to getting into the entirety of the class here on today's episode, which is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's best-tasting protein bar. And if you think Built Bar was delicious, the only other thing that can compare is the deliciousness of this 2021 Miami Dolphins draft class. And delicious it was. Uh, the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. Of course, we recap this on the Friday show. Last week, drafting Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips, a couple of Jalens, uh, arguably the best pass rusher in the 2021 NFL Draft, and for my money, the number one wide receiver prospect in the 2021 NFL Draft. Some reports coming out that that may have been the Dolphins' number one wide receiver as well. And then we get into day two. And the Dolphins, they draft Javon Holland, the safety from Oregon at number 36 overall. I'm sure a whole bunch of people had the collective groan when the Broncos traded up in front of the Dolphins and drafted Javante Williams, the running back out of North Carolina. Williams would have been a good stylistic fit for what Miami brings to the table. But we'll talk more about running backs here in just a little bit because what I don't want to do is overlook and gloss over the merits of Javon Holland. And for what it's worth, we're sitting around the Draft Network's Draft HQ on Friday afternoon and uh, had somebody reach out and, and say, might want to brush up on Javon Holland. That was like 2 in the afternoon, 3 in the afternoon. Of course, the draft did not start that night until 7 o'clock. So it seemed as though the impression I got was regardless of what was going to happen, Javon Holland may have been the pick that the Dolphins were best interested in all along. And the last time, let's just quick refresh, the last time Dolphins fans were collectively disheartened by a running back coming off the board just before a pick that Brian Flores then proceeded to ooze about. It was Raquan Davis who turned into one hell of a nose tackle for the Dolphins in 2020 in the back half of the season. If Brian Flores is going to heap praise in the direction of Javon Holland, I'm going to defer to coach. And then they trade up from 50. They go get Liam Eikenberg. And we've done some extensive conversations on this podcast about the Dolphins' type, the offensive line position, and I look forward to revisiting that today again as well. The big surprise, Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College, getting his name called at 81 overall. And then the wait happened, right? We, we knew Miami had to wait till 156. 
They get up to 156, and then they trade out for a 2022 fourth with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now you got to wait all the way. You have to wait literally 150 picks to come on the board next. And the Dolphins then draft UMass tackle Larnell Coleman, who's a player I'm looking forward to evaluating this week. Amongst the offensive tackles and a deep offensive tackle class, Coleman's not somebody that I managed to do a deep dive on. So this week, one of my objectives is to do the film study deep dive on uh, Larnell Coleman. But the last player that they picked at 244 is a player I did a deep dive on, and it was the running back for this Dolphins draft class, Jared Dokes out of Cincinnati. I went back and tried to find the audio clip of this. Couldn't find it. But one of the things that we do at the Draft Network is we collectively meet uh, every day, Monday through Friday, and we talk about the players that we have scouted since the previous meeting and kind of you know, bounce ideas off each other, kind of talk about the dynamics of each player. And when the name Jared Dokes came up, uh, the observation that, that I had made was if there was going to be a player that ended up being this year's version of James Robinson, who was the UDFA, who went to Jacksonville and rushed for over 1,000 yards, I said, it might be Jared Dokes at 230 pounds. Doesn't have great long runway speed, breakaway ability, but his physicality, his toughness, his contact balance, all that pops on tape. And you get Jared Dokes, and you think about Miles Gaskin was a back, smaller back, but a back who was invested in the same range of the draft is what the Dolphins just invested in Jared Dokes. So, so maybe Jared Dokes isn't somebody who steps in in 2021 and takes a sizable piece of the pie, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he is a consistent runner between the tackles and you know pushes Malcolm Brown for some reps. Malcolm Brown's here on a short-term deal, a one-year contract. So I like the Jared Dokes pick quite a bit. I had a fifth-round grade on Jared Dokes. You could have told me they could have picked him at 156, and I'd have been excited about it. They got him at 244. It's good value. And, and that's the biggest takeaway and where I need to just take a few minutes because I sent a couple tweets out about it. And Brian Flores then, ironically enough and thankfully enough, uh, kind of reaffirmed what my working theory is for the Dolphins run game. And we talked about this when we did the Benefits of Drafting Jalen Waddle podcast a couple weeks ago. You have the speed of Waddle and Fuller on the field at the same time. And it is impossible. It is impossible for opposing defensive coordinators to play you with nobody back deep or with a single high post safety. It's too much grass to cover for guys who run 4-2 and 4-3. Jalen Waddle, according to Matt Harmon's reception perception, was the number one wide receiver in 2020 off his charting when it came to beating man coverage. Will Fuller stepping into the featured role of the Houston Texans passing offense in 2020 wanted an extremely high rate against press, against man, against zone, vertically. Waddle, we've talked about his production and his efficiency as a deep ball passer. 21 to 26 targets, 20 plus yards downfield. He caught 
teams cannot play the Dolphins in, two, in, in single high free safety with these two guys on the field. And because of that, you're going to lift that extra safety out of the box. You're going to force both those safeties to play a couple yards deeper. And lo and behold, what are you going to get? Lighter boxes in the box count, which means you're not minus one in the run game, so you're not charging the back with having to beat a defender in the hole in order to pick up more than just two or three yards. That's a huge win, guys. That's a huge win, and that is stylistically, how the Dolphins are hoping to improve their running game. They very clearly like Miles Gaskin. They're very clearly not going to force a pick at the running back position. It's just not what they're going to do. The valuation of that position is that it is fairly easy to find comparable production. And as a reminder, Miles Gaskin, 97 yards from scrimmage per game played in 10 games played in 2020. That, amongst the five rookie running backs that everybody was mad Miami missed on, Miles Gaskin would be number two on that list behind just Jonathan Taylor. So with all that in mind, Brian Flores then comes out in the post-presser and effectively says the same exact thing, talking about the speed that's on the field and how that is going to help the Dolphins running. In the full quote, I think if you've got guys who can run on the perimeter, if you load the box, there's more opportunity for one-on-one matchups and opportunities downfield. Defenses have to make that decision when you have those types of players on the field like Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller. And again, if you don't load the box, you play for those big plays, then there's less people in the box and less people to block, and I think it really becomes a numbers math game. If you get those guys blocked, there's more space to run. So there's a lot to this, and as you guys know, He's watched and seen a lot of football. He's talking to the South Florida media, understand the game. So when you have guys on the perimeter and guys who can, can demand some attention, that kind of attention, then there could be more space and there may not be. And if that's the case, then we've got to take advantage of those matchups on the perimeter. It's a chess game, as you all know, and obviously the run game and how you attack the run game, that's part of it. With the speed on the field, teams are going to make a choice. They say, we're going to stop the run. We're going to trust our guys to cover one-on-one. In which case, this is when we tap back into what Trent Dilfer had to say about Tua Tungvaloa and how he would go about assembling a supporting cast that complemented Tua Tungvaloa. He mentioned the four verticals package. He says, Tua Tungvaloa is the best four verts passer he's ever seen. You know what four verts is? Everybody runs down the field. You stretch the field both vertically and horizontally at the same exact time. So if you want to play that game against, uh, let's call it an 11 personnel, right? And Gasecki's the tight end on the field, and he's flexed out in the slot, and you got Parker and Fuller and Waddle, and those four guys are all running vertically down the field. You can do it out of three by one. You could do it out of two by two. Good luck with that spacing on the back end. And the first time you hit it, they're going to get out of there, and now you're going to have the room to run the ball, and you're going to have the room to get the ball underneath and let your playmakers create one but one person miss and now have a bunch of extra room to run because everybody's sagging off underneath. That's how the yak is going to improve for everybody, and it's how the run game is going to improve as well. Listen up, Dolphins fans. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get this complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT 
to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Football season may be over. But baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go, and you can get all of the latest odds and info and news for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sign up bonuses and promotions and contest information available. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore this year. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. So let's talk about where I had these guys rated. I think it's one thing to acknowledge uh, that every team in the NFL is going to have their own sets of criteria. But as evidenced, by the way, the predictive, the Dolphins-specific draft board fell. When the Dolphins came on the clock at number six, the number one best available player on the Dolphins-specific draft board that we crafted ahead of the draft was Jalen Waddell, number three overall. Would have been number two overall if not for some predictive info Uh, that uh, may or may not have been debunked with Cincinnati taking Jamar Chase at five. Then the Dolphins come on the board at at number 18 overall. And the fifth best available player on that Dolphins-specific draft board was available. And his name was Jalen Phillips. And he was the pick the Dolphins made. Now, we did not get deep into the weeds with a full 150 player or, or whatever, uh, and that's not that may even have been more players than the Dolphins themselves had on their list. But just looking from a total macro perspective, this is why I'm so excited about this year's class. Look at a guy like Austin Jackson. I believe he was 93rd on my board last year. He went 18 overall. The Dolphins got two of my top seven players in this year's draft in the first round. And then you come out, and in the second round, you land Javon Holland, who was 54th on my personal draft board, not skewed specifically for the Dolphins, but looking at all 32. Liam Eikenberg, 43rd overall. Dolphins got him at 42. And I can completely understand for Miami why he was worth the pick at 36, given what Brian Flores and the Dolphins want to do from a multiplicity standpoint, a versatility standpoint. He showed that he was more explosive than maybe you thought he was on tape. He can play in the nickel, and that, I'm good with it. I think that's great value. How about Hunter Long? I know that was a bit of a surprise. 81 overall. Guess what? He was my 93rd rated prospect. So the Dolphins made five picks in the top 100, and they got five of my top 93 players in this year's draft before you start to skew it 
for for specifically keying on what the Dolphins do and don't do. And I'll say this about the Hunter long pick. By the way, Jared Dokes, 179 on my board. They got him at 244. Plus values. Plus values from the Dolphins draft versus my own board. I'll say this about the Hunter long pick. For all of the praise that the Dolphins coaching staff has seemingly offered Durham Smythe, I am absolutely positively thrilled that they did go out and get a surprise pick in somebody who can push Durham Smythe on the roster. Now, you could speculate this may not bode well for Mike Gusecki, and time's going to tell on that front. But what I can tell you, what I can tell you, is that Durham Smythe better watch out because Hunter Long can play with his hand in the dirt. He'll beat the tar out of you. He's a better athlete than Durham. He's got good hands. He's got bigger size. And I can't tell you how many times the Dolphins finally do get advantageous numbers and somebody gets beat across their face in a one-on-one block situation with leverage And that player ends up making a play. And there were times in which that player was Durham Smythe. Hunter Long has the opportunity to step in and take a sizable role in this Dolphins offense. And hey, more 12 personnel. We talked about it. We talked about how much more efficient both Dolphins quarterbacks were when you had the chance to get two tight ends on the field. Am I surprised that they went Hunter Long with Durham Smythe? And Adam Shaheen and signing Seathan Carter for agency on the roster. Yeah, I think there, there's going to be a change here in this, this tight end room. I think that's going to be something we see transpire. But the Dolphins offense works better with two tight ends on the field for ultimate conflicts from a defensive personnel perspective. We're going to get more of that. You're also going to get more uh, deep dive work on each of these Dolphins rookies from this year's draft class. Dedicated time, a little bit less time than maybe Jalen Phillips and Jalen Waddle, given the fact that we uh, had big 30-minute productions before the draft about why players like the Jalens would be good picks for Miami. But uh, Javon Holland, we definitely need to commit a podcast to him. Hunter Long, Liam Eikenberg, we've got a lot of, of... variables to discuss here and talk about as it pertains to the Dolphins rookies draft class. But what I'm most excited about doing here to close today's show is at the start of the offseason, I said, the Dolphins have three primary needs on both sides of the football. If they want to try to catch the Buffalo Bills, they need to achieve these three things on either side of the ball. We're going to take a look at how they did. We're going to explore just how well the Dolphins uh, perceived themselves versus how I perceived them as a football team, but not before I remind everybody about the deliciousness that is Built Bar, the world's most delicious protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar, 18 different flavors at your disposal, low in calories, high in protein, low in sugar, high in fiber. Keto-friendly, something on the go, grab-and-go for breakfast, something post-workout. You just like things that taste delicious. 
BuiltBar.com is the place to visit and get yourself a box. And right now you can save 15% on your next order at BuiltBar.com by using promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% on your next order at BuiltBars. BuiltBar.com. Check it out. Find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. So we explored this in January. It's about three weeks after the end of the season. What are the Dolphins' three biggest defensive needs in 2021? Number one, middle linebacker. So the Dolphins could choose to fill the void by re-signing Elandon Roberts, which they did, who stepped up his run defense admirably as the season progressed, but Roberts managed to play just 40% of the Dolphins' snaps in 2020, and in that limited role conceded a pass rating of 135.5. The Dolphins, of course, would then go on to trade Shaq Lawson, for Bernardrick McKinney from the Houston Texans, ergo addressing and filling their need in the middle linebacker role. A healthy Bernardrick McKinney, a much better option in the middle of the defense. Number two, designated pass rusher. The Dolphins had no problem dialing up blitz pressures, but if the team is going to contend with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC, They're going to need to secure a pass rusher who can consistently win one-on-ones against opposing blockers to allow the team to heat up the opposition without bringing extra bodies. The likes of Emmanuel Agba, Jerome Baker, Andrew Van Ginkle, and others all did well to win as rushers by committee, but a starring pass rusher gives the Dolphins more flexibility to rush four and still know they'll make opposing passers uncomfortable in the pocket. Team goes out, drafts the best pass rusher in the 2021 NFL Draft in Jalen Phillips. For my money, the best defensive player in the 2021 NFL Draft, Jalen Phillips. Uh, So check that box as a designated pass rusher, but Phillips is much more than that, and, and based off his tape in 2020, you should see him have a much higher impact on the team. Number three, nickel corner. The Dolphins signed Justin Coleman. The Dolphins still determining what they want to do about Noah Igbenogany. The Dolphins retaining restricted free agent Nick Needham. But then the Dolphins also drafting Javon Holland at number 36 overall as a player, as a safety hybrid, who could potentially marginalize one of either Bobby McCain or Eric Rowe and allow this team to get a little cheaper in the secondary. He's going to have better run fits than Rowe will have. He's going to have better tackling than Bobby McCain and probably Eric Rowe as well. Now, I don't think he's a tight end coverage option quite to the same degree as Eric Rowe at this point in time, but in the true slot, Javon Holland can absolutely be an upgrade in the nickel. And when you're in the new AFC East with the New England Patriots team that signed Hunter Henry and Janu Smith to contracts and is going to go with a ton of two tight end sets, being able to keep a safety on the field in the nickel instead of Nick Needham to try to cover the Janu Smiths and the Hunter Henrys and the Nelson Aguilars of the world that is going to allow you to maintain your integrity in your run defense because you're going to go with three safeties on the field, and Holland has that rare skill set that can do a little bit of everything. So as far as I'm concerned, defensively, this Dolphins draft class and and 
effort all around, to be honest with you, uh, really helped bolster and address all three of the primary concerns that I had with the team. What were the Dolphins' three biggest offensive needs in 2021? This also from three weeks after the end of the season. Number one, wide receiver. Dolphins signed Will Fuller. Dolphins draft Jalen Waddell. Two, four, two, four, three guys. Robert Foster as well. The Dolphins got the zoomies on the outside, guys. It's a great time to be alive because that's going to change those spacing issues like we've already talked about. Number two, the running back position. Malcolm Brown brought into the fray. Jared Dokes, late in the draft, 244. I think he's a steal by two rounds. Did they go out and they get a feature guy? No. But I do think it's, it's, it's admittedly a little exciting that they went as heavy in the wide receiver as they did now. Because what you're, you're presumably going to see an offense that is more open and maybe a little less reliant on the run game. Get the four verts package cooking. There's also probably going to be some potential consideration given to some guys on free agency as well. And then that last need, interior offensive line. Eric Flowers, gone. Here you go. Here From January 22nd, Miami could tend to a pressing need at center by re-signing Ted Karras. That would be a perfectly reasonable action to take, but the upgrade potential is there. And also at left guard where Eric Flowers is set to return as a starter. That is difficult to ignore. Look for the Dolphins to secure at least one new starter between those spots with center looking more likely unless the Dolphins find a way to get Flowers off of their books. That would have to come via trade this offseason to save the Dolphins from paying his 2021 guaranteed salary. So Flowers, off the books. Ted Karras goes back to New England. More power to him. You got Matt Skura. I understand Dolphins fans, they say, oh, we, we need a center here in the second round. We didn't get one. Don't sleep on the signing of DJ Fluker. Do not sleep on the drafting of Liam Eikenberg. The Dolphins are more diverse. The Dolphins continue to have good depth, better depth than what they had, and cheaper depth than what they had. Because Eichenberg and Fluker, versus I understand you're on the dead cap hit for Flowers, but those two guys combined are going to, plus Flowers' dead cap, are going to cost what Flowers was going to cost you anyway. That's an easy sell. For the same amount of money, you can get Flowers off the team and have DJ Fluker plus Liam Eikenberg, or you can just have Eric Flowers. Which would you rather have? I know what my answer is. Five out of the six primary needs that were identified going into the 2021 offseason clearly addressed and clearly improved. And the lowest value of those, the running back position, was still tended to, still has new bodies, but was not given that full-on heavy investment that would have required an overpay to play defense against the Denver Broncos or an overdraft and reach to draft Najee Harris. I'm thrilled, guys. I'm thrilled with the way this thing is turning out. Now, 
Players still need to go out and get better. Players still need to execute and perform. But you know you got the coach. I think the vision, and like we said, my personal board, Dolphins got five top 93 players on it. They got two of the top eight players in the draft, according to my evaluations of the players. And that's before you even got into the Dolphins specific, because if you do the Dolphins specific board, they got two of my five best available players between the picks at six and 18. This was a good draft. And I know you're not used to that kind of praise for your football team. It feels weird. You feel dirty. You feel like you haven't earned it because they continue to be a team that's not pushing through into the national landscape and declaring themselves a legitimate contender for a Super Bowl. I get it. And that's the end game. And that's what we all want. But this is another step in the right direction, guys. And girls, and I hope you're as excited as I am. And what we're going to do over the course of the next few weeks is we're going to do the deep dives as promised. We're going to talk about Liam Eikenberg and his athletic testing and thresholds and where he is and how close he was and, and what it means if the Dolphins you know, maybe kind of went out and looked for a different kind of player. Where is he going to play on the line? Some speculation about guard versus tackle. We'll dive into all that. We're going to dive into Javon Holland and which of these roles on the back end, the Nick Needham role, the Bobby McCain role, the Eric Rowe role, the Brandon Jones role, which one is going to be taken by Javon Holland and in what frequency. We're going to talk about Hunter Long and why he's an upgrade. At a position that I went on Instagram Live with Zach Kranz from WQAM on Thursday morning, and Zach asked me straight up, Who's the what's the one position you'd be stunned to see the Dolphins go out and draft? And once you know, damn it, I said tight end. And they drafted a tight end. Competition everywhere on the roster, continuing to get better. This is a really good indicator, guys, of what it looks like when the, the, the team starts getting good. You can just start picking good football players. Let the chips fall where they may. Who knows? Maybe you got somebody who's a little desperate for a return man and, and they want uh, to bring Jakeem Grant into the mix. And because you got two guys in this draft class between Jalen Waddell and Javon Holland who have return skills, Jakeem Grant now very much an expendable player. Maybe you can flip him for somebody and bring in competition at another spot along the way. This is an ever evolving process. And the Dolphins, as far as I'm concerned, they pushed the right buttons this past weekend. I hope you're not blinded by, we needed a center, we didn't take one. We needed a running back, we didn't take one. There are only so many opportunities to fill so many spots on the roster. And instead of pigeonholing themselves and saying, well, we need to draft a center, so let's reach on Quinn Miners. Or let's draft Creed Humphrey. Or let's take the injury risk on Landon Dickerson for as much as I love Landon Dickerson. He went 37 overall. He went right behind the Javon Holland pick. The Dolphins are allowing themselves to not be blinded by what we need, trusting themselves to find opportunities to stay creative, to stay active, and add enough competition 
and they're picking and choosing their battles for which positions they're going to force the issue on. But what they're not going to do is sit there with team the Atlanta Falcons on the board and say, oh, geez, we hope Javante gets here. Oh, what's that? The Broncos are calling for a trade? Let's play defense and give up multiple picks for a position that we don't apparently value so that we can make sure we get the last guy that's perceived by public perception to be the kind of answer you need. They have their convictions. They're not overpaying for low-value positions. That should be applauded, especially when it means you get a draft class like this one as the end result. I'm Kyle Krabs. Tomorrow's Power to the Pots, your show. What do you want to talk about? You tell me. At Grinding the Tape, at Locked on Fins with a PH, hashtag Power to the Pod, five-star reviews of the show. We're going to have a good old time. Make sure you swing by, check it out. Thanks as always for listening, guys.